It was a disturbing time on Anna Maria Island. What happened to Sabina? When they found her car, there was blood in it, and the felon who'd stolen it kept changing his story. So the logical conclusion was dark indeed. Still, she could have just gone back to Germany to see her family or something, right? Right, and, and there was extensive uh, uh, leads and investigation to determine that. In fact, apparently Sabina had been seen alive and well at the local airport. Her friend, Chris Tillette, heard the story. There were two women who were at the Sarasota airport, and they were sure that they saw her up ahead, in line, you know, to get onto an airplane. But when detectives checked out the tip, her passport wasn't used at uh, checking surveillance uh, cameras at Sarasota Braden Airport, Tampa Airport, um, to make sure that um, she did not leave the country or, or fly out. A couple of weeks went by that way. Lots of tips, no verifiable sighting. And then finally they got the DNA back on that blood in the car. We were able to get her toothbrush and some other personal items for a DNA comparison. Yeah. And we were able to match that up that that wasn't her blood. Her husband, Tom, told the local news reporter he was prepared for the worst from that first morning when he was told about her car. The second I knew when the police told me that uh, they found her car without her in it and with the keys in the car, I knew Sabina was no longer with us. I knew something had happened to her immediately. So, looked like this guy Corona might be on the hook for murder. But beyond the blood? Oh, evidence didn't exactly jump out at them. But who else? Had Sabina made an enemy? When detectives started looking at her life, they had to cast a wide net for people she associated with. After all, Sabina was like a magnet. Everybody wanted to go to her lavish parties. There was a waiting list to get on her party <laughs> list. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> she could even get a little racy for sleepy little Anna Maria Island. And one of the more unusual things, she hired some people that she knew from Germany who came here to do nude body painting. <laughs> and that, that blew up. That, New body painting on Anna Maria Island, you can't do that here. <laughs> but Sabina did what had to be done. It can be a tough business running and promoting a little old motel. Debts are fat, margins thin. And with the economy beginning to tank in 2008, what once was sunny and light was gray with worry. Sabina and Tom were in trouble. Neighbor Barbara Hines. The real estate market had folded. I know from Sabina, not from Tom, that they were highly, highly, highly leveraged. Please call me for your reservation. And well, Sabina used her marketing skills to try to keep the motel afloat. Mr. Sabina speaking, how may I help you? She and Tom couldn't do the same for their marriage. After more than a decade as husband and wife, they were that in name only. But what they did not do was divorce or divide up the business. They were always still good friends, mm -hmm. very good friends. I mean, they, they the worked well together. The romance part, the marriage part seemed to the, what? The romance part kind of, maybe romance changed. It certainly did. As the detectives couldn't help but discover, Tom and Sabina had taken up with other people, both of them. 
He with a woman he'd known quite a while. She with a local artist who once worked at the motel as a handyman. And then there was the matter of the life insurance. How much did he take out on Sabina's life? The cops asked. A hundred thousand dollars, said Tom. Despite what was apparently an amicable breakup, people on Anna Maria Island couldn't help but wonder about Tom. More than a few, said Sabina's friend, Karen Hodge. A lot of people, you know, whispering and kind of, you know, suspecting him in a way, just because they didn't know. Photographer Jack Elka did promotional stills for the motel and became good friends with Tom and Sabina. There was no evidence found. There was no nothing. So everything was speculative. Yeah. Who did it? It's a who did it. This is a murder mystery of epic proportions. So it was. And then, 12 days after Sabina vanished from the face of the earth, somebody set fire to Haley's Motel. I'm sure my mouth was hanging open, just going, can this get any more bizarre? What was this all about? We just didn't know. Dead or alive, where was Sabina? Coming up, Sabina's husband. That $100,000 policy wasn't the whole story. It came up later, it was 300000 Money, a motive, or just maybe jealousy. He had caught him having sex in room 11 at Haley's Motel. My collection of so-called geniuses. You thought Mr. Clean was the director of the FBI. How did you get on this show? It's a game. That had started in a building beside the main hotel structure, a building that once served as Tom and Sabina's living quarters. Nobody was hurt happily, but there were questions. Was it personal? An attempt to destroy evidence? Or what? Around town, some people wondered if Tom had something to do with it. Others dismissed that as just plain nonsense. Photographer Jack Elka covered the fire for the Islander newspaper. That's when the, the mystery really started to, wow, another element of this puzzle that, yeah, why would yeah, somebody do that? kind of bizarre. Surely it had to have something to do with whatever happened to Sabina. Why would that place burn down? Somebody was trying to destroy some evidence or something? It was a theory. We weren't sure if something happened there, and then she was buried somewhere. We just didn't know. Months went by without a decent lead. Though it was not for lack of trying to find one, especially where their instincts were telling them Sabina might be buried. The beach. Well, whenever we would uh, have a break, we would come out here to this very spot. We'd stand here and review the case and brainstorm the case. Detective Sergeant John Kenny and his partner Jeff Bliss kept organizing searches on the beach, looking for any area where the ground or the wide sand beach looked disturbed. We took cadaver dogs, walked them up and down the beach. We used uh, ground-penetrating radar, checked various spots on the beach, just trying to find skeletal remains. To no avail. And in November 2009, the first anniversary of whatever it was that happened, on the beach Sabina loved, they had a little memorial. Husband Tom tossed a flower wreath into the surf. There was no hope. We knew. She was gone. She was no longer alive. 
But apparently the life insurance company wasn't so sure. And right around the time of that memorial service at the beach, Tom went to court to take the first step to get that money. Wasn't it Tom who petitioned the court to declare her dead? Yes. If she's declared dead, he gets a lot of insurance money. Correct. He gets the ownership of the uh, outright of the motel. Correct. Yes, that. Funny, Tom had told the detectives before he'd held a $100,000 policy on Sabina. But when he filed papers to declare her dead, turned out there was a second, larger life insurance policy that he forgot to mention. It came up later, it was 300000 The revelation made the newspapers. Attorneys for the insurance company argued that under Florida law, Sabina had to be missing at least five years before she could be declared dead, and any insurance money paid out. After hearing, reporters noticed an unusual group of observers listening to the proceedings. The whole back row of seats was taken up by sheriff's deputies, and if they weren't interested in what Tom had to say to the insurance company, why were they there? But Tom was not successful. They denied a death certificate, and Tom was denied the insurance. And I could see that's a big how they story. would deny a death certificate. Sure. There was no body. And then the police knew Corona didn't kill Sabina. A barmaid at the Gator Lounge was able to confirm the essentials of his story. So he was convicted of car theft, not murder. And Detective Kenny, who as an island cop had known Sabina and Tom for years, decided to have another try much closer to home. He asked Tom for any detail, no matter how small, that might take the investigation beyond the conjecture and whispers of suspicion that floated on the island breeze. And he went into a whole background of, of their courtship, their marriage, and how it, how it disintegrated. Well, how did it disintegrate? He told me that they just slowly, you know, like, uh, grew apart and that uh, they stayed together because they were very good friends and they owned a business together. But, and this seemed unusual, while they stayed married, they moved in with other people. <laughs> Remember, in the year before Sabina went missing, Tom started dating a new woman. And Sabina took up with a handsome, younger man who once worked at the motel. His name was Bill. Bill Cumber. The man was very charismatic, drop-dead gorgeous. Ten years younger, in fact. Sabina was 49. Bill was 39, and very different from Tom. Tom, meanwhile, was still Sabina's business partner. And that's where things got a little dicey. One day, Tom found Sabina in a room in their motel with her new lover, Bill. He had caught him having sex in room 11 at Haley's Motel. But he said it wasn't a jealousy thing. It was a lack of respect that, uh, you know, having sex with his wife in the hotel room. Not jealous? Maybe. Still, the detectives knew that sort of thing could very well drive a person to do terrible things. So, Tom and Bill, did one of them harm Sabina? They interviewed Bill the first time, back when Sabina's stolen car was found. Learned that in 2008, they started dating, and eventually they moved into an apartment together. Sabina told her friends she'd hit the jackpot with Bill. Friends like Joyce Lathrop. She even had his picture in her wallet, and she was 
so proud that he was so handsome. And I can see where she was head over heels. Maybe this was going to be the love of her life. They were going to have a wonderful future together. The last time Sabina's friend, photographer Jack Elkin, saw her, she was with Bill. Jack had never met him before. She came over to me and gave me a big kiss and hug, you know, how are you? And she introduced this man to me, and he shook my hand. Hey, Jack, how you doing, man? Long time no see. And I'm looking at this guy thinking, like, I don't really know this guy. The question was, did anybody know Bill? Coming up. I think that the world's missing somebody's... Somebody special. Emotion from Bill and a surprise from a stranger. He said, you have no idea what you've just done. Was he about to blow the case wide open when Dateline continues? To make the most of the outdoors, you need a Ford F-150. 